Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message from our special guest minister. Thanks for tuning in today. That was so good this morning. You know, uh, if you miss first service, you just, I, I think it needs to be so many people coming to first service, y'all have to move it in here. Because yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And, and just that time in prayer and just um, uh, entering in and just seeking God, it's, it's invaluable. It's so valuable. It's, it's, you can't put a price tag on it. You know, actually, one of, the, one of uh, my instructors at Rhema, they ha- uh, he was telling me that, telling me that um, they have, it's called Prayer and Healing School, which is very similar to what uh, you all guys do in first service. And uh, he said that most of the, there's a, like almost 80% higher percentage of people who, who are successful in ministry and continue in ministry and are, are effective and don't, you know, just fizzle out and, and, and burn out. Those that were in prayer and healing school because they were spending time praying. The Bible says that, uh, this isn't my message this morning, that those that, are not, that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. I think I, sp- I spoke on that last time I was here. Those that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And so the time you spend with God will, will be the deciding factor whether you're strong and do exploits or whether you, you, you get burned out and fizzle out. Praise God. We can just, and it, not just here on Sunday mornings, but in your private personal prayer time. It's, 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 it's so important that we pray here at church corporately, but it's so important that we pray privately at home. It's so important that we come and hear the Word of God here corporately, but it's important that you study the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God at home. Praise God. It's important that you worship God here corporately. It's vital that you do it here corporately, but it's vital that you do it at home as well. You can't have one without the other. And so praise God for for this church. We're so thankful for this church and your pastors and the staff here. We're just, you guys partner with our ministry and have for several years now, and it's been a, a huge blessing. And so as I, I share later some of the things that God has been doing, if you're a, a, a part of this church, if you pray for your pastors and pray for this church and pray for your brothers and sisters and you, you give and sow and, and, and are volunteer here, you have a part in what God is doing in, in China and Laos and Myanmar and Thailand and, and other parts of, of Asia. Praise God. So we thank you for, for that. Praise God. Hallelujah. This morning, I want to just share the word, start out by sharing the word with you. Hallelujah. And uh, just God is so, so good. And actually, in fact, I was funny because I had saved a Facebook quote um, from Randy that I, he popped up on my Facebook. It said, and it, it goes so well with my, my message this morning. I actually have used it in a couple other churches since he posted it. I don't remember when he posted it. But it says, attempt something large enough that failure is guaranteed unless God steps in. <laughs> attempt something large enough that failure, let me, attempt something large enough that failure is guaranteed unless God steps in. Praise God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, when, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew, chapter 7. Matthew, chapter 7, verse 7 through 11. And the title of my message this morning is Ask. Just God is, all throughout the Bible, God tells us to ask him, ask, ask, ask. In Matthew, chapter 7, verse 7 through 11. Hallelujah. 
It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Verse 9, or what man is there among you who if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Praise God. And if you look through these verses, you'll see five times he says the word ask or asks. He's trying to get a point across that we need to be asking. And he compares it to a natural father that even a natural father, when their children ask for something, they give them good things. They don't give them bad gifts. It says in verse 11, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And so this morning, I want to encourage myself as well as all of you to just start asking bigger, believing bigger, dreaming bigger, because we serve a big, big God. We serve a big, a loving father, a good, good father. Hallelujah. Turn with me to John chapter 14, verse 12. John chapter 14, verse 12 through 14. Hallelujah. Thank God for the word. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for the word. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Teach us, bring revelation, bring understanding, bring light, Lord God. Revelation that we can walk in your word and not be just hearers of the word, Lord God, but be doers of the word. That we would be blessed in our deeds and and above all, Lord God, that as we walk in the word and and are doers of the word, Father, that you would be glorified, that you would be magnified, that your name would be lifted high, that men would see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew, John chapter 14, verse 12 says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now here you see he says twice in verse 13 and in verse 14, he says, ask. He says, and whatever you ask In my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Say anything. And I don't know about you all. I can't speak for you, but I can speak for myself that I would say that more often than not, more times than not, I have limited the amount of glory I've brought my Father God through my life, through my family, through my ministry, because I've asked too small. I believe too small. I put God on the level of a man. You know, we act like God is, is limited in his resources. We act like God, maybe not, not this church, but, but I have. Like God is limited in his resources. He's limited in his wisdom. He's limited in his favor. He's, in, he's limited in the blessings. But God's not limited. Now, there's, there's wisdom to, to, to live a life of, of temperance and self-control and in, in what God, God will bless us, and he wants to bless us abundantly. And there's a, there's a, there's a place of wisdom, you know, you know we, I don't need $10 million mansions. 
and I don't need $20,000, $100,000 cars. So there's a place of temperance and self-control and wisdom as, as a believer, as, as, as myself as a minister. But I want to use this illustration because I believe that God is, is wanting us to think bigger and dream bigger and, and, and uh, just to, to believe bigger. So one of my, one of my pastors, he said it's, uh, it's okay to be frugal at Walmart, but not at the house of God, no, not in concerning the things of God. So it's okay to be frugal concerning our own personal lives. There's nothing wrong with that. But when it comes to the kingdom of God and promoting the gospel and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and, and reaching the lost for Jesus and, and, and doing things that get people born again and spirit-filled and help people to grow spiritually, there's no limit on the resources that we should be believing God for. Hallelujah. And God wants to bless us. He doesn't have a problem with us having a nice house and a nice, a nice car. I like to say it like there's a Bible says that he who's watered is himself watered. And you know what that, to me, it's a real simple illustration is even the garden hose gets wet. You know, if you're, if you're out there watering the, watering the grass and, and the garden hose gets wet. If, you're, if God is flowing through you to be a blessing to others, God will bless you. You will receive the blessings of God. Hallelujah. But we act like God is, is limited so many times. And so I just want to encourage you to start asking for some bigger things. You know, I drive, I, last year when we were in the States for like four and a half months, we, we drove uh, like 24,000 miles in four and a half months. And so people say, oh, you're back on vacation. I say, well, not quite a vacation. I mean, if, if, if you consider driving 24,000 miles in, in like four and a half months of vacation, I'd encourage you to take one. <laughs> and so, uh, but... Uh, yeah, and it'll be 40 times in this, this year. I'll have preached 40 times. Well, 41 times. I got another meeting uh, a couple days ago. And so uh, in the States in the last, in, the, in like about four and a half, five months, I don't know what I'm going to be back this time. But then we're going back to China um, and Asia for the next um, probably about eight months or so. But, um, but praise God. Um, and so I see a lot of these billboards for the lottery. I see a lot of billboards for the lottery, you know, 100 million, 170 million, 120 million, 90 million. So there's not a limit, there's not a, a limit of resources in the world. There's a limit of, of people, believers who have learned how to tap into the resources that are in this world, believe God for the resources that are in this world, uh, do business and be successful in business and, and be able to obtain those resources, resources for the kingdom of God. Now, there is, there's a, a minister who's believing God for like a 70-something million dollar airplane, and I'm not saying he's going to have to stand before God whether he's supposed to have that plane or not, whether he needs it or not, but, and so I'm not, I, I'm, you make that, God's the only one, you don't even need to make that decision, it's not even a decision that, that I need to make, but he'll have to stand before God before that, but, but if he needs it, then God has the resources for him to have that plane, and so we act like, we act like there's only $100 million in the world that the Lord has allotted for the body of Christ. And when that $100 million is gone, then, you know, God's got to catch up. You know, we act like, you know, if, if, that, if that minister was to get his $70 million jet, that there'd only be $30 million left for the rest of the body of Christ, you know. And so if you, if you, needed, if you needed new tires for the church van... Or if you needed uh, 
say, uh, an orphanage in India needs, you know, a new building or the kids in, in Africa need food, that there wouldn't be enough. And now, like I said, there is definitely temperance and self-control. So I believe that as ministers, we should be self-controlled in what we do and, and, and use wisdom. There's the wisdom of God. But what I'm trying to do is, is, is push you past a place of, of small thinking. That if the world can have everywhere, except for like Alabama, they don't have the, the lottery there, I don't know. They, they don't, so I don't see billboards for it there. But, but and most, there's probably some other states that don't too. But, but uh, I see these billboards all the time for $180 million. And so if the world has that, there's resources out there. And the, the reason I say this is because I want to just provoke you to think bigger, believe bigger, dream bigger. Probably there's not too many in, people in this room that are in, probably there may not be anybody in this room that's in, in, in danger of being in excess as far as giving too much into the kingdom of God. So that means we can believe bigger, we can, we can think bigger, we can dream bigger. Because God said, ask. I want to read this again. Verse 13, he said, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, the reason I say this is because in the last, we, we moved to China 12 years ago this past July 4th. So July 4th of this year was 12, our 12-year anniversary. And um, in, in the last 12 years, I've seen about... Um, 20 missionaries to China that have left the country and are no longer doing ministry in China because they didn't have the financial resources that they needed to preach the gospel. And so that tells me that we all need to be believing bigger for, for God to bless us to be more of a, of a blessing. 20 missionary families, families, so however many people, like you count husbands and wives and wives and kids, it's, it's more than that, but 20 missionary families that have left, and one of the main reasons that they left was because they didn't have the finances they needed. And of those 20, five of those families are now divorced. So they, they laid down their lives, they gave what they had, they sold and gave away what they had and, and, and committed to preach the gospel in China, and they left, and now, they don't, and now five of those families are now divorced. Now, they didn't get divorced because they didn't have the money. You don't, you don't, you don't, your family isn't destroyed because of a lack of finances. They, they, their families were divorced and destroyed because they didn't build their house on the rock of Christ Jesus. They didn't build their, rock, their house on the rock of the word of God. But you all know, as well as I do, that when you have financial stresses and financial pressures, that it, it magnifies other things. It amplifies the other problems you're dealing with in your life. And so God wants to bless us. He wants to give us the, the resources we need. Now, praise God, I can stand here and say that my family, my personal family's monthly support, we have it budgeted out where our, our, my, my kids' shoes and my, uh, my, my kids' clothes and our food and gasoline, is, it comes out of the budget. We have people that give and provide that every month. I don't have to worry about that anymore. So when I come back to the States, I'm believing God for more resources to be able to rescue more girls from sex trafficking and, and, and increase our Bible schools and be able to reach more people for Jesus. Praise God. And you guys have a part in that. But I think we need to believe bigger and ask bigger because um, we, 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 we act like God is a man so many times. Pastor Vicki, could you tell that story that you told this morning about the, the twins, the, the, the twins, 
Would that be okay at, at first service? If, I don't know if everybody's heard it, but I just want to. Sure. Uh, I was just, I was talking in, in prayer about nothing's impossible for God. So it's going right with your, your message. But I, I, in the things I was sharing, I remembered a story of Brother Hagen shared uh, about, I, I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Brother Hagen shared it. Um, but ministers were talking about a lady years ago, back down the Bible belt, kind of the faith preachers everywhere, you know. But they said she was a praying woman, but she was a Smith Wigglesworth in a woman's body. She was just like him. And they were talking about the amazing things that would happen in her meetings. And one of the things that happened one time, you talk about God being the God of the impossible. But she wasn't afraid no matter what she saw. You know, they would see in those days huge gorders or great big uh, tumors and, and lumps on people's body. And watch them in meetings just fizzle away and disappear. Well, this one night, she, uh, a lady brought had had twins, and they were joined, joined together at the, the head. They were, um, yeah. And um, she, can't, she jumped down and prayed for them, and they literally came apart and were separated right in the meeting with no blood, no stitches, no nothing. God just, amazing. Amazing things. Praise I've been re reading about remarkable Hallelujah. miracles, and I love it. Glory to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we, we need to start believing bigger and asking bigger. And that's all she did. She asked God, God, I ask you to heal these two babies, to separate them and give them a normal life. And praise God, he answered her prayer when she asked. Hallelujah. And so I just think, I believe that God's trying to get us to come up to a higher level and start asking bigger and believing bigger. Glory to God. Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Actually, let me start in, let me just read Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. The Holy Spirit is working on the inside of us this morning to bring revelation of, of his mighty power, his ability, and it, he does exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. So we need to start asking bigger and thinking bigger and believing bigger, and then he'll do more than that. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I was talking about the, uh, the lottery earlier. Well, my father-in-law, my wife's dad, he bought a lottery ticket sometime last year, and uh, he put it on his dresser. He's not really serving God, so I don't recommend you buy lottery tickets. This is not an advertisement for the lottery this morning. <laughs> In fact, I encourage you not to, but um, play the lottery or gamble. But he bought one, and he put it on his dresser, and like two months later, he picked it up and looked up the numbers, and he had won $2 million in that way, you know. And, and so he, but he looked at the date, and it was too late. 
<laughs> he had, somebody else had already collected the prize money, whoever was next down the line, and he lost. So he's a truck driver, so he gets up at every morning at like 4.30 in the morning and goes out, and he's 60, like 62 years old, and, and uh, he could have retired. And he bought the lottery. If, uh, you know, if, if, don't play the lottery, but if you're going to play it, at least look at the numbers. I mean... <laughs> And so, but we oftentimes treat the Word of God with the same disrespect, the same lack of value, the same as, as my father-in-law treated that lottery ticket. That lottery ticket was as good as a check for $2 million. Well, I mean, after taxes and the government gets theirs, it was probably at least good 800000 or so. <laughs> but, but praise God. The Word of God is so valuable, but we often treat the Word of God like it's, you know, just put it kind of there on the, on the dresser, and, and but so the, the, the value we place on the Word of God, the value we place on the Scriptures determines the amount we were able to receive from God. And so I want to read another Scripture here this morning, Psalms chapter 35. Psalms chapter 35, verse 27 and 28. Hallelujah. Psalms 35, 27 and 28. It says, Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. Hallelujah. Let, the Lord, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant and my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and, and I'm just going to kind of put everybody on the spot, including myself and, and, and I can't even raise my hand. So don't feel bad if you can't raise your hand because I can't even raise my hand and answer this question and, and, and say, yes, I've been doing this so I want to ask, in this church, how many people in the last seven days, just the last week, have been a doer of this word, of this scripture, at least twice a day for the last seven days? Because it says to do it continually. It says, and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Now, I can't raise my hand, so don't feel bad if you can't. But is there anybody in this room of this large group of believers who's been saying continually, at least twice a day for the last seven days, has been quoting this scripture. Anybody? If there's a hand next to you, let me know. Because my hand's not going up, and, ne- and from what I can tell, neither is anybody else's. Now, I understand that not everybody's, not every scripture you can speak out of your mouth every day. You know, there's a lot in the Word of God. The Bible says to meditate on the Word day and night, that the Word should always be in our mouths, and so I understand, I'm, not, I'm sure you had other scriptures you were speaking and confessing and quoting and, and believing and meditating on. But not every scripture in the Bible does God tell us to say continually. Not every scripture does he say, let them say continually, and then go on to tell us what to say. And so there's, there must be something about this specific thing that, that God needs us to say continually to get into our head And so I encourage you and I encourage myself, i got to keep encouraging myself because it, it's easy to, to, to forget about it. 
But there's certain things in the Bible that God said to say on a regular basis. He said, let them say, let's say, say this, say this. So he said, and, and now prosperity is not just financial prosperity. Prosperity in your family, prosperity in your marriage, prosperity in your, your business, prosperity in your thinking. There's prosperity doesn't just cover financial prosperity, but it's not limited. You know, a lot of times we in the body of Christ, we take, we take and we, not, not this church, but there's a lot of churches in America and I would be willing to say probably the majority of the churches in America where they would say that this scripture talking about prosperity is everything but financial prosperity. They're like, well, this is, this is everything but financial prosperity. Well, God could have used some other words if he was just wanting to say everything but financial prosperity. So as we, as we put our trust in God and faith in God, God wants to bless us in every area of our life including our finances. He wants to bless us to make us a blessing. And so I just encourage you to, and I, I need to be doing it. I want to put as much value on this scripture, Psalms 35, as my father-in-law should have put on that lottery ticket. Now, the, the word of God's not a lottery ticket. It's not a, it's, it's not, he's not a sugar daddy. It's not a get-rich-quick method. But he's our father, and he loves, he, he loves to bless us. And so we can start thinking bigger and believing bigger. Psalms 119, Psalms 119 and verse 162 says, I rejoice at your word as one who finds a great treasure. As we rejoice at God's word and put value on God's word and we, we, we meditate on God's word and we give God's word first place like it's a treasure. If, if somebody was to come to you after service and say, I found a map and there is a a, a gold treasure buried in your backyard, and I know it's there, and I was actually out there with a metal detector, and I, I, I know, it, I, I found it, you would leave the service, and you probably wouldn't even change clothes. You would get, you know, if you knew for a, for a fact that there were millions of dollars worth of treasure buried in your backyard, you probably wouldn't even change clothes. You'd get the shovel out, and you'd start digging. Anybody that would do that? Like, if you knew, if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that there was, like, $100 million worth of gold buried in your backyard... Would you start digging? Anybody? Is there anybody that wouldn't start digging? They would just leave it there, and that, because if you would, if that ever happens, be sure to call me or, or your pastor. We'll, we'll go dig. But the Bible says we're supposed to treat the word of God. We're supposed to rejoice at God's word as one who finds a great treasure. Because God's word is more valuable than $10 million of gold in your backyard. It's something that's it's treasure that will change your life, it can change your family, it can change your community, it can change our nation. The word of God will set people free. I'll say it like this. If you and I are not believing and asking God for something that is not impossible, that's impossible, we should be believing God and asking God for impossible things. And if we're not believing God and asking God for impossible things we're, that, that can't happen without the supernatural, Without supernatural intervention from the Lord, we're not even really using our faith. Because, because if we're not believing God for something that we can't do on our own, then we, we may have faith. We put our faith in our jobs. Our, we put our faith in, in our boss's ability to write a good paycheck. You know, we work 40 hours this week, and we're going to get a check for 40 hours of, of work. And that's honorable. That's good. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. But we put faith in that, or maybe you put faith 
in your business and your business's ability to bring in enough finances. And we plan based on we plan based on what we know is coming in in the natural most times. And that's, that there's some wisdom in that as far as like not overspending what you have. But we should be praying and believing and planning and preparing and sowing for something that's bigger than what we can do. My wife and I left in 2007 with a seven-month-old baby and $35 of monthly support. And we moved to China. So I always ask, it, I ask people, I've asked this to thousands of people, and I've asked it here at this church, but I'm going to ask it again. Is there anybody that would want to move to China with $35 of promised monthly support and a seven-month-old baby? Anybody? Because I will support you for the next <laughs> 10 years, $35 a month for the next 10 years. Sure, I'll, I'll double it. Give you twice that. And so there's, there's wisdom of God, but God had spoken to our hearts he led us by the Holy Spirit. He, he gave us a word, and he, he confirmed it in our hearts and in other people that we were supposed to go, and, and uh, we, got to, we started acting like God's word was true. We started acting like what the Holy Spirit had spoken to our hearts was God was actually a good, good father, and he'd take care of us. And so I was an associate pastor. Of, I volunteered as an associate pastor, a youth pastor, at a, uh, a small church in Virginia at that time, in Yorktown, Virginia. And uh, so I talked to my pastor, and he felt like that was what God was calling. He, he felt a confirmation that we were supposed to go as missionaries to China. And so I started training people to take my responsibilities at the church. And I had a job. I had a, a regular uh, full-time secular job working as a, a maintenance guy. I fixed all the roller coasters and the, the video games and arcade games and go-karts at an at a, at a, uh, amusement, um, family amusement park in Williamsburg, Virginia. And so I told my, my boss and the owners of the park, I said, I'm, we're moving to China as missionaries, and so you need to find somebody to take my position. And so they found somebody to take my position. So now I don't have a ministry position because I've trained people to take over a ministry position, and I don't have a job because I've already said I'm leaving in July to move to China, I started acting like I believed the word of God. And then uh, the house that we were renting at that time, we told our landlord, the the rental company that was um, leasing the house to us, we said at the end of this lease, at the end of the, in in July, we're we're not going to renew the lease, we're going to move away. So they found somebody else to take our house. So I didn't have a job, I didn't have a ministry position, I didn't have a house to live in, we gave away all of our furniture and gave away a couple cars that we had and, and we, we, we sold some of our stuff and, and we just acted like God's word was true because God had spoken to our heart. Now, I was in a church down in Kissimmee, Florida a, a few weeks ago and the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, if my people in the body of Christ, if they're gonna do and accomplish everything that God has called them to do, they're gonna have to do some things that look just as crazy in the natural, as moving to China with $35 of monthly support and a seven-month-old baby. Now, you have to be led by the Holy Ghost in this. Don't just go out and do stupid things for, because you want but, to... But, but spend time with God. We were spending time praying in the Holy Ghost and, and, and seeking God and listening to the voice of God. And, and we'd spent two years going to Bible college and, and, and we'd, we'd already stepped out in some smaller things and, 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 and stepped out to believe God and, and God had walked us through some other things and, 
and has, had developed our faith in some other areas. So it was step by step by step before we stepped out and moved to China with $35 a month and supporting a seven-month-old baby. But if you're, you know, I'll ask this question, and some of you will know the answer that I'm looking for. And, but what do you think is the richest place in the world? What would be the richest place in the world? The cemetery. I heard it. Somebody said it over here. And somebody else, I think, said Dubai. And, and those are both, in the natural, as far as financial riches, Dubai might be the, I don't know, because I don't study it, but that's what I've heard a lot of people say. Dubai is one of the richest places in the world. But you know what? In, in, in the, considering the things of God, the cemetery is the richest place in the world because there's gifts and talents and abilities and callings and wisdom, things that God has placed on the inside of people, but they didn't step out in faith to believe God and, and do something beyond what they could do in the natural. And so those, those gifts and talents and abilities, they died inside that person and they were buried there. Now, I don't know about you, but this is my heart's cry. This is my desire. I want to die empty. Anybody here want to die empty? Just everything that God has placed in you, that you pour it out as an offering before God to bring God glory and honor and praise, to lift up the name of Jesus, to, to, to come and to be a hands of God and a tool of God to set the captives free and, 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 and get people born again and spirit-filled and, and delivered from the kingdom of darkness. But the only way that happens, if you look through the Bible, is people who obey God and do what looks impossible. Pastor and I were talking this morning about Joshua and Caleb. And they're the only two of the spies that went into the promised land because they believed God and everybody else looked at the natural circumstances. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 30. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 30 says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. Now there's, what this verse tells me is there is wisdom from God to win the lost, to reach the lost, to win souls. Now there's wisdom for every area, but what, one of the things I want to encourage you to start asking for starting today, starting this morning, is start asking God for wisdom. Wisdom to reach the lost and wisdom for, for just God ideas. And I'm going to share some of the God ideas that God has given us over the last 12 years in China and Asia. But, you know, there was a, a guy a few years ago that he, he, he had an idea for a, a push lawnmower, like a rotary lawnmower, the kind that they had um, probably 50 years ago. It doesn't have, an, doesn't have a motor or an engine on it. And you just push it and it, it turns and it, it cuts the grass. Anybody used one of those mowers before? And he had the idea that he could sell those online, and he started selling them online, and he did over $100,000 worth of business in the first year, from what I was told. Selling, because people wanted to get out and get more exercise, you know, want to be more health conscious, they want to live longer, they want to take care, so they thought, I can cut the grass, and I can save gas, I don't have to worry about, you know, how many have ever sat out there trying to get your lawnmower started, and it just wouldn't start, you know, and you're fighting with it, and you get it, and those don't ever, you know, as long as you can get out of bed and walk, you can push those things. And so he had this idea to sell these rotary lawnmowers online and made over $100,000 the first year. Now I believe God has ideas and wisdom like that for the body of Christ. And I don't know if that guy's a believer or not. He might have been. I, I don't know. But it, I'll say this. If he was a believer, 
I believe God gave him the wisdom for that. And if he wasn't a believer, if he's, if he's not a believer or wasn't a believer at the time, I believe that God was probably trying to give that idea to you or me. I mean, why would God, if he's not a believer, why would God give the idea to an unbeliever and not to a believer? Other than the fact that we, there's probably a believer out there that just wasn't listening and, or wasn't asking, wasn't asking God for wisdom. So we need to start asking God for wisdom. James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. It says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And so we need to be asking God for wisdom to reach the lost. I want to read that scripture just a minute ago here in Proverbs, where it says, The fruit of the righteous is the tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. So there's wisdom from the heart of God, the mind of God. There's wisdom concerning your marriage. There's wisdom concerning your finances. There's wisdom concerning your children, your teenagers. Wisdom concerning relationships. There's wisdom concerning your business, wisdom for your job, wisdom for your ministry, wisdom to reach the lost. Like we see here, he who wins souls is wise. But we need to tap into that wisdom and ask God for that wisdom and believe for that wisdom so that that wisdom can start working in our lives and put, put, a, put a value on the ability. We should value the ability to ask God more than we value a $2 million winning lottery ticket. Because when we can ask God, and, and know that he hears us and he answers our prayers, that's more valuable than, than $2 million. Because there's people that would give up their $2 million to get healed today. And you can't buy healing, but you can ask God and he'll heal you. He's already paid the price for you to be healed. And so if you look here in James chapter 1, verse 7, it says, the person who's double-minded, talking about the person who's double-minded, it says, For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So if you take this verse and you, you take the inverse of it, you take the, the opposite of it, you say, a single-minded man. What could a single-minded man? If a double-minded man is not to think that he should receive anything from the Lord then if a double-minded man can't receive anything from the Lord, then a single-minded man ought to be able to receive anything from the Lord. And if a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, then a single-minded man should be stable in all his ways. So you should be stable in your family and in your relationships and your marriage and your business. God can bring stability. But he said, what did he do? He said to ask in this verse. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And then ask believing, ask in faith, ask not doubting. And then as we do that, as we're doers of the word, we can, we can receive anything from God when we're not double-minded, when we're single-minded, and we can be stable in all our ways, praise God. Hallelujah. Now, you can, you can have wisdom in one area and be completely unwise in another. Like, I think there's, probably everybody in this room knows that it would be unwise to step out 
in front of a, a semi-tractor trailer on the freeway when it's going 70 miles an hour. It'd be a bad day for you. It'd be a bad day for the tractor trailer driver. It would be a bad day for the, EM, the, 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 the medical professionals that would come, the people that had to sweep what was left of you up off the ground. That would be a bad day. So you have wisdom not to step out in front of a tractor trailer. That's wisdom. Now, now I say that if, if you're dealing with suicidal thoughts this morning, we're not here to make light of that. We're here to pray for you and love on you and, and minister to you. If you're dealing with suicidal thoughts, come, come up afterwards and, and, and let somebody know. Let me know or let, let, let the pastoral staff or somebody know um, that you saw on the stage and we'll, we'll, we'll pray for and you minister to you and love you and, 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 and get you some resources. We're here for you. So I'm not making light of that because people deal with those kind of things. But I'm just using this as a point. There's wisdom not to step out in front of a tractor trailer, but maybe there's areas of your life that you've gotten into debt in finances. You've just, you're, you, just, you owe more than you could, ever, you could ever imagine being able to repay, and you just got credit card debt and debt here and debt there. There's wisdom from God to get you out of debt. But we, the Bible says to ask. Maybe, you, maybe you, you're doing really good in your finances, but you're, and, you're, and you're not going to step out in front of a tractor trailer, but maybe your marriage is just really weak and, and you just don't know if it's going to survive. Well, there's wisdom from God for that. But the Bible says to ask. Hallelujah. Thank God we can ask him and he answers. Glory to God. Now, I just... My point here is to encourage you to start asking God for wisdom and then start asking God for some bigger things and asking God for more resources so you can promote the gospel and reach more people for Jesus. And so now I want to take the next few minutes to just tell you some of the ways that God has given us as we started asking for wisdom. We started asking God for ideas and wisdom, and he started giving us wisdom. And we have, uh, when we first moved to China, we opened a restaurant as an outreach to a a 16,000 student university. And so the university students would come to our, our restaurant. We had Western food, hamburgers and steaks and pizza and milkshakes and tacos and enchiladas, and it's almost lunchtime, so everybody's, you know. <laughs> and so uh, we opened the restaurant so that Chinese university students would come to our restaurant to try Western food, American food, because they'd never really had any, and then we would share the gospel with, us, with them. And so we, we used that as an outreach. And then they would come to the restaurant and we would do English corners with them where we would help them practice their spoken English because they, they wanted to learn English. And so we would help them practice their spoken English. And through that, we led over 200 Chinese university students to Christ. Praise God. And so we just, we asked God for wisdom. We asked him for, for something bigger than we could do in the natural. And, and he gave us the wisdom. And then through that outreach, through those people that we led to the Lord, we started discipling them, and we started a Bible school, and uh, we raised up leaders, and we have 38 different leaders over our different ministries in China, and 37 of those 38 leaders that we have came to Christ through that restaurant outreach. So God gave us the wisdom to, to reach, reach the people in our community, and then as time went along, we started other ministries. God gave us the wisdom to start reaching into leper villages. There's about 129 leper villages, leprosy villages, in the part of China where we live and work with over 1,000 lepers. And so we go into these leper villages and love on them and build 
um, shower buildings so they can have community shower buildings where they can take showers and, and um, we build water holding tanks. I actually teach the Chinese people how to lay block and, and, and lay blocks so that we can build the shower buildings and the water holding tanks so they can store water during the rainy season to use during the dry season. And God gives us wisdom for that. And then we started these micro-animal loans where we go to the, the mountains of China where they've never heard the gospel, never heard the name of Jesus. In fact, a lot of times, if you tell somebody, if you, if you say, um, Jesus loves you in Chinese, it's Yesu Aini. And uh, the word for Jesus is Yesu, and the word for coconuts is Yedza. So Yesu, Yedza, Yesu, Yedza, Yesu, Yedza. They're sort of similar. And so I've had people say, you're, you're telling me that coconuts love me. And I say, no, it's not coconuts that love you, but because they've never heard the name of Jesus, they don't know our Savior, our Lord, our, our King. When I tell them that Jesus loves them, I have to explain who Jesus is. And, 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 and that now they have a picture of who the Savior is that goes with his name. And so God gave us wisdom. We do micro-animal loans. We do, we'll take and we loan a, a herd of goats. We do a lot of goats because goat meat is about three or four times as valuable in China as, as chicken and, and beef and pork. And so uh, we, do, we loan them a, a, herd, a small herd of goats. And then as the goats reproduce and we teach them how to raise the goats, it, they're able to, it brings them out of poverty. And then it helps us to be able to d- develop relationships where we can share the gospel with these people in remote villages up in the mountains of China. God gave us wisdom for that. And we do aquaponics projects where we, get, we loan an aquaponics system where you raise fish and you use the fish fertilizer to, to grow plants in the water that, that, that circulated out of the fish tank. And we loan these aquaponics projects in these remote villages. And it opens us uh, the door up for us to be able to share the gospel and tell people about Jesus. And one of the... Um, one of the, the ladies that we led to the Lord through the, the restaurant outreach we, was actually one of our um, waitresses. She came on a Friday and uh, filled out the application for a job. And um, so I said, come back Saturday morning at 9 a.m. We're going to do an interview. Well, 9 a.m. came and 10 a.m., 11 a.m. She came three hours late for a job interview. And so in the natural, I'm thinking, there's no way I'm going to hire somebody that showed up three hours late. But the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, he, 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 he leads us and he guides us. And the Bible says that Jesus, he's a good shepherd and his sheep hear his voice. And the Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so we're endeavoring in, to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so when I saw her walking up through the doors, we had these glass doors and she's walking up and I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. Anybody ever showed up three hours late for a job interview and got hired? <laughs> See, it's just not common. And so uh, not one hand went up. And so uh, I'm thinking there's no way. But, but on the inside, the Holy Spirit was leading me to go ahead and, and interview her. And I interviewed her, and she was just as unqualified as everybody else that we were, had interviewed that showed up on time. None of them had any experience, but at least they showed up on time for the interview. But on the inside, the Holy Spirit was saying, just, you need to go ahead and hire her. And so my manager and I, we talked about it, and we hired her, and and she got saved and got filled with the Holy Ghost, praise God. praise God. And then her best friend came, and her best friend came and applied and showed up on time for the interview. So, you know, now I, I know, I always say, I know which one of you guys is smarter. <laughs> Just picking on him, you know. And uh, so uh, her best friend got hired. And they both got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And then a couple years later, they came to us and they said, God has placed it on our hearts 
They went through our discipleship program, went through our Bible school, and then, and then they came to us and they said, God has placed it on our hearts to rescue girls from human trafficking, from sex trafficking. Praise God. And so we got them some resources and we translated them into the Chinese language. And they started going to these brothels to take, to take gifts to the brothel owners and to the girls that were being trafficked. And uh, they, they said to one of the brothel owners um, one day, they said, would you like to meet an American that can speak English? You know, I mean, I'm sorry, an American that can speak English. An American that can speak Chinese. Most all of us can speak English, unless maybe you're from like... <laughs> the, <laughs> certain parts of the country you wonder about, but... So. <laughs> but uh, they, said, they said, would you like to meet, meet an American that can speak Chinese? Referring to myself, I spent six years... Uh, by the grace of God, studying and learning the Chinese language. And so I'm pretty fluent in Chinese. And so um, actually what they said was, And so, but if I said that in, if I said that in uh, Chinese, you wouldn't know what I was saying. And so I said it in English, and then I gave the tongue. So I gave the interpretation and then the tongue. I got it, you know, try that sometime. No, don't. And so, uh, but... So these, he said, yeah, I'd like to meet an American that speaks Chinese. I've never even met an American, much less an American that can speak Chinese. And so I met him at his tea, his tea shop where he was selling tea. And I shared the gospel with him and the power of the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit. He was convicted of his sin and he shut the brothel down and he set a bunch of girls free. And now he's helping us rescue girls from other brothels. And so now we have a, praise God, we have a rescue rehab home. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So now we have a rescue rehab home with 20 girls that we've rescued from sex trafficking. We had 21, but up until um, just like in the last few weeks, one of the girls that we rescued um, went through classes and learned how to um, sell insurance, got licensed, and she's got her own, she's selling insurance and she's got her own apartment. She's moved out, praise God. And um, so we have 20 girls. We've rescued over 40 girls from sex trafficking. And we have 20 girls in our rescue rehab home now. And God gave us the wisdom. He just gave us wisdom to be able to reach these girls. And I've got um, a few things here that we've, we've set the girls up with businesses so that they can make a living for themselves. Because what happens if, if, if girls get rescued, whether it's by the police or, or, or ministries, if they get rescued and then they don't find jobs then they'll, and they can't make a living the devil will lie to them and say, you know, you're worthless, you're worthless you don't have any value, and, and they'll sell themselves back into that. And so we've set them up with different jobs and different businesses over the last four years. We started about four years ago. And uh, uh, four years ago, we set them up, we hired a lady to teach them how to weave, and so they weave these hand-woven coasters. And uh, they make these and sell them both in Asia and in the United States. And uh, so that was the first business we set them up with. And then um, three years ago, we set them up with a business making bracelets. And so they make and sell these beautiful bracelets. And then um, uh, last year, we set them up with a business selling coffee. And so was, we have a website. It's tashuatea.com. And, and we sell the, the coffee and tea and the, the bracelets and the coasters um, at that website. Actually, it comes out of... The, the guy that helps us do it is in um, Sioux, Sioux City, Iowa. And uh, so it's just a hop, skip, and a jump from here. But, um, and so uh, we've set them up with uh, the coaster business, the, the tea and coffee business, the bracelet business. And then this year, we helped them buy a, a, um, about a $9,000 machine that does laser engraving. And so it engraved, they engraved these pins, and they engraved um, 
this bookmark. It, it'll engrave on metal and wood. It'll also cut um, like Lexan or acrylic, um, like what this pulpit is made out of. And it'll cut rubber and it'll cut leather. It's, it's a laser cutter and, an laser, and a laser engraver. And so um, we, um, this is for you, Pastor, for you and your, your wife and the, the bookmark, the engraved things. But, um, and uh, we bought the machine and it'll, it, we got a contract for the girls. God gave us wisdom. Just giving you practical examples of how God gave us wisdom to give for business. And I'm not, um, my first calling isn't to be a business person, but God has given me wisdom to help other people start businesses. And so, um, with that machine, it'll cut, it cuts rubber. And so we got them a contract making gaskets for a company that makes and, and rebuilds big commercial pumps and valves and like um, the, the gaskets that would go between a couple flanges on a, when two big commercial pipes come together. And so the, the machine cuts the rubber gaskets and gaskets made out of other materials. And then the girls sell these gaskets to this company and that contract and that machine is on its way to making our rescue rehab home completely self-sufficient. And so God just gives us wisdom and gives us favor and, and gave us the contract with this, this company. And so um, the other thing that machine will do is it'll cut... Like I said, it'll cut rubber and leather, and so it, it comes with templates for computer templates inside the, inside the software that will cut floor mats for basically any vehicle. So if you drive a 2012 Honda Accord, it will cut um, a floor mat out that fits in that spot in your Honda. Or if you drive a, a, a you know, Mercedes or whatever it is, it comes with the template to cut out the floor mat, and so they're going to start selling floor mats because the Chinese people, they like that kind of thing. They like to get new floor mats and replace them and more than Americans do. They're all the time they're going and getting new floor mats and new seat covers, and they want to make their car on the inside look really pretty, and so they like to spend their money on that kind of thing. And so it's a, it's a big business over there. Um, and uh, so God's just given us wisdom. But it didn't, it, it's, and it's not because I was the most qualified and the most, the most likely candidate. I'll tell you this as I close. I had the lowest GPA of my graduating class in high school. I barely graduated. In fact, there were some kids that had lower GPAs, but they didn't graduate. They were super seniors. Anybody have, you know, super seniors are the ones that they liked our high school so much they wanted to do five years there. They were just like, I want to watch the football team lose again. <laughs> and so the, uh, I had the lowest graduating GPA. And uh, my, my best friend had the highest GPA, and he ended up going to jail and going to prison and so the Bible says that God chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And so when I was in school, the, the teachers, all the way through elementary school and middle school, and the, the teachers told me I had learning disabilities and I couldn't, I couldn't learn, and, and I was in special ed classes. And, and now, God, by the grace of God, I, I, I'm, I speak fluent Chinese. And God is, by the grace of God, I'm traveling around the world preaching the gospel in America and, and in Asia we have 12 small Bible schools in China, one in Laos and one in Myanmar, with a total of 396 students. And so God has, has used the guy who didn't want to go to school, didn't like school, had the lowest GPA, but now I'm, I've started schools for the glory of God. And he gets the glory for it, praise God. Hallelujah. And so if God, if God will use me to do these things, these business ideas and these schools and, and these ministries, then God will use you to do things, but you got to ask him. 
And you got to ask in faith, not doubting and not wavering. And then you've got to ask believing. And then you got to do the things you know to do in the natural and step out like we did. And then God will use you for bigger things, for greater things, for the glory of God. Amen. Hallelujah. We're sending, we, we print over 20,000 Bibles every year and, and 10,000 of Brother Hagin's books and, and we're sending the gospel and resources into North Korea. I don't have time to talk about all that, but God's given us wisdom and favor with, in, in, these, in other countries. God gave us the wisdom. He's promised to give us wisdom if we'll just ask. He's promised to bless us. So this morning I want to just pray over you as a church family, and speak the word of God over you. And I hope that the word of God has encouraged you to just believe bigger and think bigger and dream bigger and ask bigger. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us this morning by the word. Lord, that you want us to prosper. You want to bless us. You want to give us wisdom Lord, we ask you to give this church wisdom to reach the lost like never before. We ask you for it, Father. We ask you to give this church and the members of this church wisdom for businesses as you lead them by the Holy Spirit. We ask you to give them wisdom to reach their community like never before. We ask you to give them wisdom for their families, wisdom for their marriages, wisdom for their children. Wisdom for the teenagers in their homes. Wisdom for every area of their life, Lord God. We ask you for it, Father. I call this a church full of wisdom. Wisdom beyond their years. Wisdom beyond their intellect. Wisdom beyond their education. Wisdom beyond their experience. The wisdom of God. We ask you for it, Father, and thank you for it. In Jesus' name. We, Father, we ask you to move in supernatural ways and just to draw these people, Lord God, to you. Give them a hunger for you, a hunger for the word, a hunger for prayer, a hunger for worship like never before. Give them a hunger to reach the lost. Father, we ask you for the lost people in this community. We ask you for it, Father. We ask you to give us the lost in this community and give us wisdom to reach the lost like never before. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us, for leading us, for guiding us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Just take 30 seconds and just stand on your feet and thank God. Thank him that he heard our prayer just now and that he's answering. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you for resources. We thank you for the lost. We thank you, Father God, for moving on our behalf, for moving, for giving us wisdom, Father. We thank you for giving us a heart for the lost, a heart for the word. We thank you, Father, for giving us a heart to seek you. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Glory to God. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 10 o'clock. We also have our midweek service every week on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.